Dear listener to the QQ Adventure, a podcast where we narrate a classic choose-your-own-adventure novel and choose our own adventure, thus making an interactive medium completely non-interactive for you. I'll be your unreliable narrator for this evening, that senile old professor who, good news everyone, recently invested our entire pension in FTX. Tom DuPont. Yeah, that's not gonna, that reference is going to date the episode. Now let's meet your intrepid crew for this evening. First, our bureaucratic accountant who will not approve your time off, but he will bring both jerk chicken and jerk jerky to the team barbecue because he's a jerk. Mr. Zach Mayer. Ah, no Christmas off for you, Mr. Okay. Cratchit. <laughs> uh, not quite the reference, but very seasonal. We'll give it to you. Next up is our fearless captain. She may not have a toboggan, but she does have 10 pairs of boots, and what she lacks in depth perception, she more than makes up for in the ability to kick your ass with said boots. Captain Taylor Garcia. I don't know the reference, but as a captain, <laughs> arg. Wow, am I, am I the only one that's getting these references? I think I mean, so. it's all from the same show. Oh, Vast. Oh, no. Oh, and last, quite possibly least, he drinks, he smokes, he steals, but has a heart of silicon, our fan-favorite precocious little scamp, Mr. Raul Bending Torres. Hey, it's, it's, it's the dog from Adventure Time. <laughs> I just went meta there, so. Uh, there I, I go. got apparent. So apparently, no one, no one watches Futurama. Okay, okay, that's. that's that was, it's, been, it's been a while. It's been a long, long oh, while. It's coming back it. again. Again, again. <laughs> again, 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 again. I, I think there's multiple again there. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and dear listener, this week, this adventure, whatever, we'll be reading. The 1979 Edward Packard classic, The Third Planet from Altair. Also, in a parallel universe, we'll be reading the 1989 classic, A Message from Space. Because uh, this had a reprint and a title change, and I don't know why. Do we all have the same copy, or do some of us have the alternate dimension version? Uh, I have both. Uh, do you all have The Third Planet from Altair? That's what I have. All right. Yes. Then I'm going to read Message from Space just to fuck <laughs> with you. Maybe there'll be a typo fix. Who knows? Do it. <laughs> message from Space. Yay! 50-50. <laughs> All right. Yeah, message. this is going to work out great. It's going to be fun. All right, dear listener. The rules of the QQ adventure are simple. As I narrate, I will be selecting party members to voice characters and make decisions. Party members, if you make a decision that results in a good ending, you win! But if you make a decision that results in a bad ending, you die. And remember, you only has one life. Well, folks, we usually describe the covers of these books. Uh, we got two of them. So, Taylor, why don't you describe for us the cover of Third Planet from Altair? Oh boy, okay. So, uh, all of this is generally in space, very dark navy space. <laughs> In the background, you know, like, uh, I don't know, Spotify, your general menu button with like three lines on it. That's a planet, I guess. Hamburger, Hamburger planet. <laughs> Hamburger planet. In front of that, we've got a spaceship. Gen generic, generic as heck spaceship. It just says Aloha on it. And in the front, you've got three strange people in front of a rectangle. A man with a very long face and a helmet looking perturbed with a strange half of a seatbelt sticking out of his front. <laughs> and a gun holster, because why not? Space. Weapons. Oh, and none of these people are wearing helmets, by the way, these three. <laughs> that's a that's a um, thorough description. Yes. Uh, to the left of all of them is a 
child in danger. <laughs> um, this is the only one wearing a space helmet. So despite being in danger, probably the only one alive and he's being attacked <laughs> by space plants. Okay, Zach, would you please describe for us the cover of Message from Space, which I think shares one common element of that. <laughs> All right, but I'm just going to say that it's not a child in danger, and it is definitely a hentai scene. <laughs> um, this is this is a very viney, I said viney, and aggressive plant wrapped around a very terrified looking space dude with your Zachary Taylor Thomas haircut and a bubble helmet. They're in a cave for some reason. And uh, yeah, there's moons in the background, stalagmites, stalactites, spacesuits blue. There's a special trivia sweepstakes, win a prize, see details inside. I have that same thing, it's great. <laughs> yeah, previously oh, published as the third planet from Altair. Yay, it tells us. Yes, okay, if there's not some uh, plant interactions, let's use that word, I'm gonna be disappointed. <laughs> okay, we got two backs of the book to read. Ruli, would you read for us the back of Third Planet from Altair? All right. This daring space mission could be your finest, or it could be your last. You're flying through space, past Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn, toward the third planet from the star Altair. You descend to a strange world of deserted cities, glowing caves, and man-eating plants. Wink, wink. <laughs> You're here to find the source of, this mysterious, of, of the mysterious signals being transmitted to Earth. Depending on how you decide to go about your search, you could be captured by alien beings, if you turn to page 65, flung millions of years into the future Boilers. through a time warp, page 69, <laughs> or could witness the creation of the universe, page 86. What happens next in the story? It all depends on the choice you, choices you make. How does the story end? Only you can find out. And the best part is that you can keep reading and rereading until you have not one, but many incredible daring experiences. Go team! Okay, this is mostly the same as Message from Space, so I'll read the difference. This mission could be your finest or your last. You are flying through space, headed towards the third planet from the star, Altair. Your mission is to find the source of the mysterious signals being transmitted to Earth. Suddenly, you hit an antimatter storm. Again, slight difference and spoiler. Your crew is divided about whether to continue the mission or return to Earth. Your decision will break the deadlock. What do you decide? Skip the multiple choice because we have enough spoilers as it is. So wait, they're letting a little kid decide the <laughs> destiny of this flight? That's pretty awesome. Sort of progressive, really. <laughs> How do we know he's a kid? I mean, he's having a uh, adult relationship with a plant, you know. <laughs> could be 18. Yeah, yeah, could could be. Yeah. Yeah. All right, folks. You guys ready to get started? Let's go. Yes. All right, let's what, what turn. Is, what does your uh, dedication have? Because ours is to all those who would like to travel faster than light. Does the reprint have a dedication? Oh, no, it's the same. Okay. And this is for age 10 and up. So uh, I don't know. This might be rough for me, guys. <laughs> all right, let's turn to page one. For many years, astronomers tried to detect messages from life in outer space. Finally, at an observatory on top of Mauna Kea in Hawaii, ooh, I've been there, these signals were recorded. Oh, God. Taylor, ooh. would you like to translate these <laughs> signals for us? Oh, yep. Black square, <laughs> dot, empty square, 
bullseye black square mark copyright (laughs) i think so like a registered yeah yeah at symbol i don't know black square white square black square dot white square black square circle dot (laughs) black square black black (laughs) uh the end is the bullseye again Their source was found to be the third planet from Altair, a yellow-white star, 16 light-years from Earth. I wonder if that's actually scientifically accurate. We'll have to Google that. Scientists everywhere agreed that the signals, which were repeated continuously every few minutes, must certainly have been sent by intelligent beings. They are unable to agree upon their meaning. Go to the next page. You are one of a crew of four aboard the spaceship Aloha. Aloha. The Hawaiian themes continue. Do you think they have lays and they're going to like put those on the plants? <laughs> you and your mm. companions have been chosen to journey to Altair to seek whomever or whatever is sending messages. You hope to travel the vast distance in only a few weeks instead of a hundred years by making use of a time contraction technology. I don't think I've ever heard it called that before. <laughs> Zach, what is a warp bubble in Star Trek? <laughs> it is a bubble of space-time that changes the ship's reference frame uh, and isolates it from the outside space-time reference frame and moves through space. It's space-shifting space. There you go. That is why they had to reprint this book under another title. Gene Roddenberry sued them for stealing Star Trek technology. That did not happen. All <laughs> systems operated perfectly as you blasted off and accelerated past Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn, and onto interstellar space. Now, two weeks later, you are standing on the bridge, watching the rear-view display screen. The sun has diminished in size and brightness, so that it now looks like an ordinary star. With you are Captain Bud Stanton, veteran astronaut, Professor Henry Pickens, cosmologist, and Dr. Nira Vivaldi, an anthropologist specializing in interspecies communication does that imply that there are other species in this in this universe i guess that's the hope yeah uh, neanderthals never died out australopithecus <laughs> is our neighbor <laughs> uh taylor would you please describe this picture for us i do think it has something in common with the last one you described true um so it's those three people uh, still without helmets from the rectangle well one the... of them one of them has a helmet not here they don't well, it has like a Roman. No, not a, oh, not a space okay. Helmet. Yeah, it's yeah. not a space helmet. I don't know how he's gonna fit a space helmet over the Roman helmet. Thing, he's, a he's got like the mohawk. A veteran yeah. astronaut is a centurion, I guess. I guess very and he veteran. Has that little scar too. I assume this is Bud, Bud. the captain. Oh, he's Why? a captain. That's why he needs the helmet. <laughs> oh man, turn to page four. Weird little boy. Everybody else has a specialty. What's ours? <laughs> He able to fit in small spaces. <laughs> and you, child. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we alert. a snack on the way back. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, space around the ship is filled with a flickering light. You glance at the captain. He's rigid as if he were frozen. Sparks dance around the computer. Your body begins to tingle. I'm just not going to make a joke. Pickens is Katie. leaning over the sensor display screen, shivering as though he had a severe chill. Uh-oh. Who wants to play Pickens? Okay, Zach Rooley, which one of you can do an old man voice? We must be passing <laughs> through an antimatter star. That's beautiful. He says in a shaky voice. Oh, so shaky. Fortunately, a mild one. Oh, who is going to be our protagonist? 
Taylor, you were a, a wonderful protagonist last time. Would you like to indulge us once so again? Wait, 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 wait. Hold up a second. Hold up a second. Uh-oh. You said Pickens was an old man. Is it Pickens the woman? Uh, no. Professor Henry Vivaldi? Pickens, cosmologist. No, no, Vivaldi. Yeah, Henry Pickens is the old cosmologist. Doctor okay, Nero okay, Vivaldi okay. is the anthropologist. I, I, don't, I don't know how punctuation marks work. Okay, we got this. <laughs> Clearly, you should have been the old man because your memory's failing. Taylor, would you like uh. to be the protagonist? Okay, I'm gonna not do Kermit this time if that's all right. Oh, I'm I know to think, what is this kid? Do. Oh no! Is this was that supposed to be a goblin reference? Uh, <laughs> what? Close enough, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, let me think. Uh, Mild, perhaps. <laughs> you reply. But look! Look at the captain. He looks paralyzed. <laughs> it's a New Yorker <laughs> Scottish person. I fucking yep. love it. Oh man! <laughs> no, no, no! It reminds me of somebody in particular. Shit! Played the headless horseman. How do you play that? I have horseman. a disease, <laughs> and the only cure is more cowbell. Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken. Thank you. <laughs> I've got strong Christopher Walken vibes. Okay, well that's who he is now. <laughs> Perfect. All right, someone's got to pull double duty because we got four characters. So who wants to be Doctor Vivaldi? Can, can she be a robot? Is this this is the girl one now, or, right? Well, we we could do the unorthodox thing, and I could take a voice. No, no, I'm, I'm going to totally cheat. Just, 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 can she be a robot? She's a robot, right? <laughs> <laughs> is that a yes? Yes, it's a fucking yes. <laughs> okay. okay, so wait, wait, okay. I think we should turn back. <laughs> <laughs> Says Doctor Vivaldi. We're not equipped to handle this, especially without the captain. <laughs> I think we're through the worst of it, Pickens says. I'm sure the captain would want us to continue on our mission. (laughs) Your decision will break the deadlock. If you choose to allow the Aloha to continue on course to Altair, turn to page six. If you instruct the computer to change course, turn to page eight. Uh, Well, we have to have the protagonist do the first choice. So, Taylor, where are we going? Um, I mean, this is... The captain would keep going, right? That is correct! (laughs) But but the robot says we should turn back, and I tend to trust robots. Uh, (laughs) You bucket of bolts, you've killed us all! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm gonna go with the robot. We're gonna... Sorry, old man. We're going to page eight. Turn to page eight. Oh, no, wait. No, I'm sorry. We have to read. We have to start to read. We have to describe this picture. Robot Ruly. Describe. Uh, d- don't do it in the robot voice. For love of God. Describe this picture for us. So um, this is a this is one of those special two spread pictures. So we've got uh, I'll start. I'll start left to right. We've got this like console thing, which looks like this like heartbeat telemetry monitor but also like steampunky because there's this gauge on it which is also kind of funny because like we're in the future but this console has like a crap ton of wires just hanging real loose <laughs> a lot of levers and no- knobs and things like that so uh we've got mr uh well-experienced astronaut kind of doing like the michael jackson thing where he's kind of leaning to the side but not actually falling over it's very <laughs> impressive um <laughs> Minor details. His hands got a lot of veins on them. I don't know what's going on with his hand. Um, (laughs) He said (laughs) veiny. Other than that, yeah, it's just 
it's not strange other than the helmet that him leaning and his eyes are wide open. So he's impacted by whatever's going on. The little, little kid protagonist is totally okay with everything. He's just pointing at the captain, just whatever, just like as a child, just asking all the adults to do something. The old man is there shivering cold. He's also has very veiny hands. He just saw death. He was like, <laughs> oh God, I'm the old one. Veiny hands, <laughs> eyes, eyes wide open. Um, and then also it looks like in the background, there's like an AC unit that they have. <laughs> there's like a little fan spinning and maybe like well, it's very a hot bell. A bell with like this whole like script on the wall behind it, just saying how to maybe ring the bell or something. So, <laughs> lots of lots of little do hookies and, and electrical conduits going on. Right. <laughs> He's seen death. Why is there a koala? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Turn to page eight. You change your course and begin to chart a more indirect route to Altair. The antimatter effects subside. All systems return to normal. The captain stirs as if awakening from a long nap. Are you all right, Captain? You ask. He smiles so at you. <laughs> he smiles at you. There, there's a strange look in his eyes. Uh, Zach, double duty. Set course to Denep 5. Ultra hype. <laughs> what? <laughs> He says in a monotone voice. Yeah, close enough. <laughs> but what about our mission? You say. <laughs> that is an order. I sense an alien presence among us. <laughs> <laughs> Die laughing. Dr. Vivaldi says. It must have lodged in the mind of the captain and be getting strength. You must act. <laughs> If you choose to follow the captain's orders, turn to page 12. If you do not obey the captain, turn to page 22. Robot person, you you pose the, the question. I think you need to answer it. Uh, let's see. I'm uh, let's just totally just disobey the captain, because if he's possessed by an alien, like, don't do not do what the alien wants him to do. That's like double disobey, because we, we <laughs> said he wouldn't have changed course, and we did. Wow. What does it mean? It's true. Turn to page 22. You point your mini laser <laughs> at the captain. Since your conduct violates our orders, we are required to <laughs> confine you. You tell him. You march the captain to his quarters and lock him in. Wow, that was that was easy. When you return to the bridge, you find Dr. Vivaldi has already ordered an emergency change of course to get you away from the alien mind force. Later, you go to the captain's quarters to check on his condition. You find him up and about, looking as if nothing had happened. You did the right thing in confining me, he says. <laughs> but I'm okay now. <laughs> Let me out. That's an order. He just sounds so trustworthy. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, Captain, would you describe this picture of yourself, please? I have the longest chin. <laughs> very long chin very pointy nose a weird little pith helmet and um yeah i'm, I'm being marched up the stairs in my onesie uh <laughs> by a child holding a i swear that looks like a little dark blaster like a little little, uh, little suction not cup even a nerf gun. yeah one of those little suction cup dark guns mini suction cup laser 
<laughs> yep. There's uh, subtle propaganda in the uh, the bottom middle with the the USA cans underneath the stairs. For some reason, there's stairs on the ship. We never addressed why there's gravity. Um, I mean, how else it, do you explain yeah. his chin getting longer every picture? <laughs> it's getting so long. Also, I'm not totally sure that that's not a hose coming out of my back and wrapping around everything. Um, you know, could be. How do we close the door. Yeah, we got windows in weird fucking places. Like, there's one in the wall of my room, apparently, <laughs> that shows space outside. So, I, I live in an airlock, I guess. Maybe. Yeah. Uh. Yep. More sci-fi wires, a smoke detector, an air return vent, and some more heartbeat monitors. Good stuff. All right. Oh, you forgot the tiny little window. Oh, yeah, the tiny little window behind me. That's that's where your pee goes. <laughs> so you don't have to, like, leave the bridge. You can just, like, go and it's out the bottom. Is that what the yes. chair is for? I mean, yeah, it's the captain's chair. But, you know, it's a long haul, weeks-long mission, right? Can't be getting up every couple hours to go use the head. You just gotta you It's almost two weeks. You, do the, you use the hose. <laughs> Moving on. If you decide to let the captain resume command, turn to page 44. If not, turn to page 45. Zach, do we let you resume command? I mean, we've mutinied this far. <laughs> we should probably keep mutinying. Mutineering. Turn to page 45. For, for the record, I hate I hate the pages that also tell like you can see your other choice at the same time. You can't like, intentionally like be close. blind. Yeah, that is kind of funny. You say, "I'm sorry, Captain. This is for your own good." <laughs> I quickly lock the door of his cabin. Then you return to the bridge. Abruptly, the Aloha begins to tremble. The star on the display system whirls into new positions. Ooh, ooh. Can, 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 oh, go ahead. Oh, do you want to be the computer? Too fine. Fine, Ruler, you be the computer. <laughs> That's amazing. It's perfect. It's the computer. Full range screen presentation. You call out. The whole array of stars and galaxies appears. I can't hardly believe it. Dr. Vivaldi says in an odd tone. <laughs> we know where we are, but we don't know when we exist. Earth may not yet have been born yet, or it may already have disappeared. <laughs> we must activate the Chronostat! <laughs> cries. It is our only hope of returning to our own time. What if we fail? <laughs> you wonder aloud. Pickens thinks for a moment. We might end up at a time from which we could never escape. Possibly even a time before any matter existed in the universe. We would then be totally and finally fucked. I mean, alone. <laughs> the computer rates the probability of success as 32%. Dr. Vivaldi and Pickens say they will trust your judgment. If you 32% act chance of what? <laughs> like dying or living? What is it? Yes. What does success mean to you? Thirty-two <laughs> percent chance of completing the sprint. 
Oh, no. Oof. If you activate the Chronostan, turn to page 55. If you decide to remain in the present time, wherever that is, turn to page 60. You! What are we gonna do? Me? You? <laughs> yes. Yes. You. Uh. We don't have don't... a name for you yet. You're just <laughs> you, right? Correct. <laughs> go, um, go get him, you. I mean, I don't like that he's like, oh, yeah, activate the Chronostan. We don't know what it does. I guess, I guess we might as well do it. I didn't listen to the old man that one time. I should probably make up for it this time. <laughs> it's true, it has gone poorly. Turn to page 55. You insert the Chronostan program into the computer, which emits a musical tone that rises higher and higher until it becomes a searing pain shooting through your head. Great choice, you. <laughs> In a moment, you are unconscious. Well, at least you're not worried anymore. Sometime later, you awaken and look around. You and the three others are in another spaceship, larger and more comfortable than the Aloha. Through the enormous windows of this new ship, you can see the whole galaxy. I can tell by the arrangement of the constellations that we have traveled a few thousand years in time, Pickens says. Turn to page 57. <laughs> oh no. You are astounded to see that there are two strange creatures in the compartment. They have squat bodies, four legs, and oval heads. Each holds up rope-like arms and waves its spinny hands. You understand. They are welcoming you aboard their ship. Cool. <laughs> Within a few hours, you are able to establish communication with these beings through computer-assisted translation. They tell you that they have come from the third planet from Altair, and that their destination is the third planet from the sun. The Earth! Wait, this... There are many suns. Just, just throwing that out there. You will arrive in only a few weeks. You can only guess whether it will be the future or the past. The end! Um, is that a victory or a loss? What is that? Well, we don't know if we're in the right time or not, so this is in support of an ancient aliens theory. I mean, yeah. it could be considered ancient. I'll, I'll go with that. It definitely doesn't look futuristic. Okay, I'm gonna say you lost? Question mark? The, the Their arms didn't are you. weird. Unless you're a snack for later on, then maybe, but... But you might be in the past? I don't know, ambiguous ending. Taylor, we might have to let you off the hook. I mean... It's super ambiguous. Yeah. Uh, to, to be fair, they're heading to Earth, and I don't remember seeing anything like this in history books, these looking guys. So oh. it's probably the future. On that note, Taylor, which... please describe the... Well, I mean, yeah, good luck <laughs> describing this. So the way I would describe them is that they are two strange creatures with squat bodies, four legs, and oval heads. Each holds up rope-like arms and wave its spiny hands. Yeah. They're super spiny. I was going to say really <laughs> ugly arachnid versions of Tweedle D but, the, but they're not they're not arachnids. Yes. They have they have only six legs. Shut up. Their eyes and mouths are partially stitched shut. Hexachnids. Or they're spindly. These are, these are terrifying. <laughs> they're spiny. They also, Everything is spiny. They also like they've probably perfected inner space travel, but it looks like they haven't perfected belt technology. What what is that? <laughs> How does that belt even stay on? Let's let's it not. It seems find like out. it's too tight for them. Oh, it's way too tight for them. <laughs> These guys need better. I don't know. Okay. Tailors. <laughs> They're still in their girdle phase. 
All right. Um, Tell me, where did you find your girdle? <laughs> Sorry, I love Futurama references. Okay, uh, Taylor, we're going to let you off on a not quite a win, not quite a victory. You still have a life. So before we uh, go back, Ruli, before you, you pick where we're going to go back to, who is our sponsor for this evening? After these messages, we'll be right back. Um, who is our sponsor today? Let's see, let's see. Uh, today's sponsor is this really cool voice out the back that makes everything sound weird. I don't have to actually do anything. I'm just, I'm just talking like normal. It does all the work for me. Thank you, Yeti Blue Voice. Yeti! Brought to you by Yeti Microphones. All right. Ruli, where do you want to go back to? Oh, I, I know it was safe to go to page 44. <laughs> <laughs> so that was assuming that we listened to the captain, right? So let's just listen, let's listen to the captain. All right. Turn to page 44. When you and the captain return to the bridge, Dr. Vivaldi reports that the audio sensors have picked up unusual sounds coming from Caprion, an area of space believed to be the origin of the primordial fireball, the place where the universe came into being. Okay, Jesus, there is so much wrong with that science. <laughs> I don't... Holy shit. I've never heard of that. What is... What? It's not a thing. Okay. Yes. Just checking. Talk, there are talk, no talk, primordial can, can fireballs, you, no sounds in space. What can, the can fuck? Can you please edit, edit in uh, Pitbull's fireball, please? And the, the trumpets that come afterwards? I'm a fireball. I'd appreciate that. I'll actually <laughs> listen to the podcast if you do that. Fucking done. <laughs> Do it. I recommend altering course to Caprion. Pickens says, It is there that we may find the answer to the most important question of all time. How our universe came into existence. Yes, <laughs> Dr. Vivaldi says. I think our true destiny is in Caprion. <laughs> the captain turns to you. I think we should try <laughs> to get to Altair, he says. But if you also think we should go to Caprion, that's what we'll do. This is a shitty captain just being like, everyone else make decisions, please. <laughs> please, small child. If you recommend resuming course to Altair, turn to page 61. If you recommend diverting the ship towards Caprion, turn to page 64. Zach, you're up, buddy. Where are we going? Where are we going, captain? Make a fucking decision. <sighs> Oh man, I uh, I want to know where the life, the universe, and everything came from. We're going to Caprion. Woo! Fireball! Turn to page 64, the Nintendo page. The Aloha veers off and accelerates towards Caprion, the center of the expanding universe. Again, not how that works. <laughs> Glorious harmonic sound resonates through the ship. Not how that works. Your mind begins to fill with beautiful images. Oh, that might work. Through the forward port, you see a point of dazzling blue light. <laughs> That's a trap! It's a trap! <laughs> the captain cries out. Full hyperspeed reverse. But the ship does not respond. It is being pulled by an overwhelming force towards the blue light. We we just entered a fucking Star Trek TOS episode, folks. Yeah, we did. It'll be alright. <laughs> Dr. Vivaldi says. <laughs> Somehow, I know we can trust whatever is happening to us. Destination point one. <laughs> the computer reports. <laughs> 
prepare to fire. Neutron destruct device directly at the blue light. The captain calls out. Device ready. Decision time. Eight seconds. Seven seconds. Six seconds. Dr. Vivaldi calls to you. This is our chance to learn the secret of the universe. If you stop the captain from firing, turn to page 86. If you do not, turn to page 89. You, we are back to you. Where are we going, Taylor? Okay, so first of all, who the frick, like, programs eight seconds of decision time? (laughs) What a weird constant. Second, I mean, we've been countering the captain for most of this, so we're going to continue that. We are going to stop him from firing. They only had three bits to store the countdown. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, turn to page 86. We just hate the fucking captain, is what I'm learning. He sounds so trustworthy, though. (laughs) You insert your special safeguard code key into the computer, thus preventing it from firing the neutron device. This is treason. I mean, mutiny. <laughs> like, for the fourth fucking time. <laughs> Shut up, Senate. <laughs> the captain what? screams at you, but his words are lost in a thundering musical chord. In a moment, you are in darkness. All is quiet. Yet some living presence is thinking with your brain hole. Somehow you know that you are at the beginning of time. That you are a spirit that exists in the universe and someday will inhabit a person on Earth. Creepy. First you will fall asleep for billions of years, but your awakening will seem to come only an instant later. In fact, right now! The end. Time Um, loop. I can't tell if these are good or bad endings. Uh, Taylor, you've picked two. Last time we said we'll give you a pass. Fuck it, you lose. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I mean, I don't know who I'm going to wake up as. They could suck, so, you know. Uh, all right, uh, Zach, before you pick where we jump back to, who else is our sponsor for this evening? After these messages, we'll be right back. That's a good question. Who on earth would be dumb enough to sponsor a podcast like it's rage shadow legends <laughs> <laughs> battle your friends in an epic adventure in rage shadow legends okay well we're not getting paid for that but uh <laughs> zach where are we going back to you oh wait, wait we, we gotta describe this picture really please oh, do so i want to describe this picture because i thought there was gravity but apparently now there's not gravity <laughs> like i don't know when that happened i guess maybe it was as I don't know, whatever. So, like, you've got Robot Doctor. Um, apparently, she knows Kung Fu now because that's totally a Kung Fu pose and she's got the headband for it. I don't <laughs> think she had, head- no, no. Kung Fu but she had the headband before. Okay, I just I just didn't notice it. So, she's kind of up there, kind of weird and just screaming or something. Captain is looking very suspicious at the boy, trying to grab him. His hands are also in this weird kind of failing position. But apparently, like, dude, bro, little boy has gravity because he's running towards this little for lack of a better term, a a European electrical socket, looks like. (laughs) Like a three-pronged thing, and and he's going to electrocute himself, but I guess it's for the good of overriding what the captain says. The greater good. The greater good. The greater good. Shut it! All right, Zach, where are we going? We're going all the way back. 
all the way back to page five. Wow. Wow. The first decision. If you allow the Aloha to continue on course to Altair, turn to page six. If you instruct the computer to change course, turn to page eight. So we changed course oh, yeah. last time. Yeah, so we're doing six. All right. Turn one page. Oh, okay. Proceed. Use hyperspeed. Evasion. You tell the computer. The Aloha shudders. As it streaks through space, it's like, ooh, what a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> he takes the captain to his cabin. You begin to feel normal again. The Aloha has passed safely through the storm, but signals from the third planet can no longer be detected. The captain will recover. Pickens informs you a short while later. But I do not think we have seen our last antimatter storm. The following days pass uneventfully. The Sun Star Altair grows so bright that you can no longer look at it directly. What, what are you, a former president? <laughs> you have already entered its solar system, and soon you approach the third planet, a blue-green sphere that looks a lot like Earth, except for the strangely symmetrical bands of white clouds orbiting the planet, far above its surface. The third planet has three small moons, one of which, sensors report, is totally covered with water. The water moon and the orbiting clouds are such unusual phenomena that you are inclined to investigate them before entering the planet's atmosphere. If you investigate the water moon, turn to page 9. If you investigate the clouds orbiting the planets, turn to page 10. If you head directly for the third planet, turn to page 13. Uh, Ruli, where are we going? I always die in the water levels, so I'm not going to go to the water moon. <laughs> um, the cloud levels kind of seem fun being in the sky, so I think that's that's more definitely. And going directly to the third planet, that seems like what they want me to do. So let's, let's, let's go check out the clouds. Page 13. Oh, wait, wait, wait. wait. Clouds is 10. Oh. Ooh. Well, I'm dumb. Turn to page 10. <laughs> oh, I wasn't sure. I thought, I thought it was like your book was different. <laughs> not yet. You are approaching the orbiting clouds. The captain returns to the bridge and resumes command. Because reasons? He sobered up? I don't know. He seems to have recovered completely. These clouds fascinate me. <laughs> he says. <laughs> they are so symmetrically shaped. It's almost as if they were placed there by intelligent beings. Perhaps to protect space stations from ultraviolet radiation. On the far side of the moon of Endor. <laughs> the Aloha cruises over the clouds and glides down through them. Great heavens. The captain <laughs> explains. You marvel at the sight before you. A city in orbit. The buildings made of clearest crystal and connected by graceful ramps that soar over beautiful parks. Oddly, the city appears to be totally deserted. This may be where the signals were coming from. The captain says, Will someone volunteer to explore the city while the rest of us survey the planet's surface from this Death Star of the Aloha? <laughs> this Death Aloha. <laughs> this fully armed and operational Aloha. <laughs> If you volunteer, turn to page 17. If you do not, turn to page 19. Uh, you are dead. So, Zach, do you volunteer? I mean, we gotta, right? We gotta. All right. 17. Let's go. 
Turn to page 17. One person. They're sending one person. Have they never watched sci-fi? Do we do we want to describe the picture? Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Uh, There's so many it? pictures in this one. That's been great. <laughs> Taylor, You, uh, we, we aren't letting you make decisions anymore, so why don't you describe <laughs> this picture for us? Okay. Um, so at the top, up in the sky, is the Aloha flying. I assume fast because there's lines coming from it. Um, below that is a... Like, kind of a city you would see in, like, a Dr. Seuss book with a lot of weird, nonsensical pathways winding through buildings in weird angles that don't really make any sense and the perspective's all kind of wonky. Lots of triangles, lots of rectangles. I was thinking it's kind of like M.C. Escher drawing L.A. freeways through Wizard of Oz Yellow Brick Road type shit. Yes. (laughs) Used as an illustration for Dr. Seuss. All of the above. Yes! Fucking nailed it. And so many trees. So, so many trees. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's turn to page 17. The Aloha hovers above the center of the city. You don your spacesuit, step out through a port, and float gently down to one of its supporting planes. You watch the Aloha glide away and then turn your attention to the city before you. The walkways and buildings are as clean and fresh looking as if they'd been built yesterday. You wonder who lived here. Why did they leave? Where did they go? What is the fucking point of life? Did I leave a light bulb on when I left? Did I cancel my HelloFresh subscription? That food's gonna rot. Anyway, there is very little gravity in the city, and you can almost fly along the streets. You enter a building and find furniture that looks as if it might have been designed for very small people. So, the munchkins. Yes, this is Wizard of Oz. The munchkins inhabited the city. Another building is capped by hundreds of spires. Inside it, you find electronic equipment. Perhaps it is radio transmitting equipment, and the spires are antennas. Could this be where the signals were coming from? Go on to the next page. The next building is shaped like a dome. Inside, the walls are covered with maps and charts of the galaxy. One chart in particular strikes your eye. It looks like this. Zach, what the hell does this look like? It's the solar system. It's our solar system. <laughs> Look, I see I see Earth. It's the third one with the moon. This one has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine planets, as Pluto. it should. <laughs> Wait, nine or ten? So it's got it's got nine. One of those is a moon. Okay. Okay. That's no her. moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so yeah. It's they, they they've been looking at us. They've been looking at us. I don't like that they're looking at us. And they're looking at Pluto, which means obviously they're correct. I mean, smarter than us. <laughs> if you continue to explore the city, turn to page 28. If you radio the Aloha at once to tell of your discovery, turn to page 32. Ruly, what are we doing? I mean, if they sent a little boy here by himself to do the job, he's not going to phone home. He's going to keep exploring. <laughs> <laughs> turn to page 28. You continue on through the Cloud City. So many fucking Star Wars references. Marveling at the architecture of the buildings and the clouds. In a square in the center of the city is a complex array of electronic equipment. Among the multitude of lights, control knobs, and display screens is a console with a keyboard and what appears to be a microphone and speakers. You are going to play so much fucking Galaga. 
(laughs) (laughs) You press the most prominent button on the keyboard. Immediately, you hear a succession of musical tones and then vocal sounds that remind you of a foreign language. The computer is talking to you. Feeling somewhat awkward, you answer the computer saying, I come from the planet Earth. Taylor, would you describe this picture of yourself to us? <laughs> so the first thing you notice is he's wearing a helmet, but like the position of his face looks like it is not actually connected to the neck at all, <laughs> which is terrifying. You're just a head in a jar on top of a body, but the rest of you is in a spacesuit. There's a crush crosshatch shading in the background, and then to the side of you is a very antiquated like recording equipment with the two like turning tapes and lots of buttons, and you are holding a very modern Earth microphone. It is fucking karaoke time. What song are you doing for karaoke? Uh, oh, Welcome to the Jungle. Welcome to the jungle! We got fun and games! (laughs) Kid's gonna scream his lungs out. Alright. It's just remarkable how bored you look. You're in an alien (laughs) city talking to an alien computer, and it's just like, Ah, uh, I can't wait to go home. Well, he, well he's, he sees the tape drive, so he's like, oh, yeah, these people are still stuck in the 80s. <laughs> oh, no. It's like the 80s, but with less Galaga. Yep, more bad jokes. Turn to page 79. The computer makes more sounds, as if in reply. You talk to it some more. It answers, this time repeating some English words you used. You realize the computer is learning your language. Within half an hour, it is communicating in broken English. It tells you that within its memory banks is all the knowledge ever attained by the inhabitants of the third planet. Soon afterwards, the Aloha returns. The captain, Pickens, and Dr. Vivaldi are excited by your discovery, but they report that antibiotics brought from Earth are proving very ineffective against dangerous microorganisms in the atmosphere of the third planet. The ship must leave immediately, or you will all become fatally ill. Although the computer is too bulky to load onto the Aloha, Pickens is able to detach some of the memory banks and bring them along. We have not completed (laughs) our mission, the captain says. But with the knowledge of the third planet's people stored in these memory banks, we may be able to do much more for the peoples of the Earth. You You can read the last two words. You can do it. The end. Once again, I am confused. I, I guess this is a victory? You're alive? I mean, he literally said mission failure. Oh, well, fuck it. Ruli, you lose! <laughs> oh, why did I say that? <laughs> oh no, you talked yourself into death. <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, I think we're approaching the hour mark. That was a lot of life and death. Mostly death. Zach? You're the winner, buddy. You survived. No one won, <laughs> actually, but you survived. <laughs> Hooray! Good job. Excellent. Good. Good. <laughs> all right, dear Let's listener. the hate <laughs> flow through you. Uh, all right, dear listener. Thank you so very much for joining us. Uh, Taylor, thank you so much for joining us. No, thank you. Um, this was much easier than Kermit, so this was fun. <laughs> Uh, well, hopefully we'll be back with another QQ adventure in the not too distant future. Uh, guys, I love doing this. I can't wait to spend like 10 plus fucking hours editing it. But uh, yeah, we have many more Choose Your Own Picture books to come. Hopefully we come back soon. But until next time, dear listener, Ruli, you want to use one of your voice modulators and take us out? <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Hey, dear listener, thank you so very much for joining us. Please always remember that any and all views expressed on the podcast are representative solely of the person expressing them. Not of their friends and family, not of their co-hosts or co-workers, and certainly not of their employers, past, present, or future. Again, thank you for joining us, and thank you for respecting our individuality. All right, now say ara ara. <laughs> 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 oh god.